Well, I wonder if what you would wish for if you had one wish. If you could wish for anything you, that you could have come true, what would you wish for? What would you wish for? Some have said, and others have said the same, I would just like a lot of money, which is not a bad wish. Really, it's not a bad wish, because if you have a lot of money, then you can help a lot of people. You can be generous with that money and enjoy its blessings, and, buy, and money buys time and creates options that when we don't have it, we can't. Some of us may say, well, I, I wish for beauty, because, you know, that's kind of the way the world tilts these days, or for happiness, or for health, or for fame. How about the classic one? I would wish for more wishes. That's what I would wish for, for more wishes. But y'all know this game isn't played that way. <laughs> that's, that's illegal in this game. I want you to show, show you something from the New Testament that is incredibly powerful and incredibly personal to me. And I hope it is to you too. It's Christmas season, if you didn't catch it already. When the angels came to announce the birth of Christ, who remembers, who remembers what the angels said? The angels said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. The angels said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. What is interesting, when Jesus would talk to people and greet them, in coming or in going, he would say, peace be with you. Or, some, or, or after something would happen traumatic in their lives, he said, now go in peace, right? When you think about the Apostle Paul, he, would often, he often said in his writings and would start his letters and he would say, grace and peace. Grace and peace be with you. What's so interesting about that is he could have said anything, but instead he says, Grace and peace be with you. I mean, he said grace and peace. I would submit to you that what most people really want in life, what most people really desire in life is that they want peace. Real peace. A a peace that the world wouldn't even understand. A peace from heaven. A divine peace that only God himself can give. I don't know if you know this or not. You probably do, but you, you, can't, but you, you can have money in the bank, but no peace in the heart. You can have, be successful on the outside, but be incredibly empty on the inside. You can have the swell job, but have no peace in your home. I, I would argue what a lot of people want, but they don't even know that they want, is that this peace that comes from God himself. But so many of, so many of us uh, don't have peace. What we actually have is just the opposite. We have this tension, don't we? A lot of us, we're afraid, we're anxious. When you think about your relationships, your family and your friends, what do you want? Many of you, because I have talked to you, you want peace. We have misunderstandings, don't we? We have disagreements, we have hurts, we have hang-ups, we have bitterness, we have unforgiveness that's lying dormant in our hearts. And I would submit to you that what people really want and what they really need is peace in life. 
Well, today we are starting our Christmas series called Peace. You thought 2020 was bad, but I think that 2021 has been one of those places of uh, constant tension and it lacks the peace that we often think that we would get and what we are wanting. And so I want to show you something from God's word today. And I want to, to do that. But before we do, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for every person at Ipsy Free, Ipsy Free in person and online In a very complicated season of pain and loss and tension and fear, we ask, God, as we cast our cares on you and pray today that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out peace upon your people that goes beyond our human ability to understand. God, may your word and your spirit bring comfort today. May we experience your peace, the peace of God In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah 26. It's in the Old Testament. Let me me just say that this this is a period of time that was unsettled for the people of God. As this... This word is given in the midst of this unsettled time. If you have it, and even if you don't, would you stand as I read it today? In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord is the eternal rock. You may be seated. I love this promise. I I want this promise. You will be kept in perfect peace. The peace of God that comes from heaven, it will be yours. I don't know about you, but I'm way more familiar with imperfect peace or inconsistent peace. Can anyone relate? I can have peace one moment and even pray a prayer to God and trust him with something and then and, and hand off this burden to God and then be fine for about three minutes. Anybody there? Right? Where are you, God? I could have mo- a moment of just joy, tranquility, and peace in the presence of God and moments later be overcome by the sense of anxiety and dread and fear and personal insecurity. I'm way more familiar with inconsistent peace and imperfect peace than I am the peace of God. And yet God promises something called perfect peace, which is perfect. What is perfect peace? And the the word in the Old Testament comes from this word in Hebrew, shalom. It's actually a Greek, it's a Jewish greeting. In, In both coming and going, you might say shalom to someone, which means more than just peace. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It is the fullness of peace delivered by God in every way possible. It's the peace with God. In other words, there's never an an internal sense of fear or dread when you have this peace. Where, Where do I stand with God? Have I done something that he wouldn't want me to, that he wouldn't, that he wouldn't love me? 
right? I mean, we don't have this, this self-doubt. There's, there's not this wondering whether there's a dark spot in our lives that are, we're ashamed of, uh, that we think that we're going to be separated from it, but it is the peace that is continuous, that is consistent. In the Hebrew text, it says this, you will be kept in shalom, shalom. Peace, peace. It appears twice. It's this emphatic statement in the Hebrew language saying, you get a double portion of that peace. You get the peace of God. In other words, God says, I will give you your portion of peace and I'll even give you more than you will ever need. It's whole, perfect peace. It's a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand. Now, I want to be clear. It doesn't mean that you won't have trouble in this world. Jesus said, 1633, in this world you'll have trouble. That's what he said. It doesn't mean you won't have problems. It doesn't mean that nothing's ever going to break. It doesn't mean your kids are ever not going to get on a fight on the way to church. It doesn't mean that your spouse isn't going to get on your nerves like I get on Kathy's when I drive her car like I drive mine. Yeah. Peace doesn't mean you're not going to have a difficult time. What is shalom, shalom? It's the peace of God. We need to understand that peace isn't found in the absence of problems, but peace is found in the presence of God. It's shalom, shalom. Peace is God's presence. It's God's perspective. It's God's assurance. Even when life is anything but what you want it to be. And some of you right now, you may want to just push back and go, oh, it's good and easy for you to say, right? My marriage sucks right now. I'm just trying to hold it together. I, my body is just breaking down in ways that I don't even want to tell anybody. I, I'm struggling with a child, and I don't know what to do. There's pornography in my home. Where is their peace in all of that? Where is the shalom of God in that? I, I want to show you in a, a scripture how you can experience this peace. Peace isn't the absence of problems. We need to understand that the battle for peace, it begins in our minds. That's where the war is, is in your mind. It's there all the time in mind. I can know the truth of God. Maybe you can relate. I can know the truth of God, but then my my mind sorry, wanders to all sorts of untruths. And better yet, I can wholeheartedly believe the truths and promises of God, but then doubt them when they come to me and about me. Isn't that where it sets? We can tell everybody all day, peace of God, peace of God. But then when when we start to think about it about ourselves, that peace begins in our own minds. Isaiah 26, it's the key. I want to show it to you in two different versions. First is the New Living Translation, which we read earlier. You will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you, God. They're fixed on the truth of God. They're focused on God. And now the NIV says this, you will keep in perfect peace those who, whose minds are steadfast. Notice what I say it doesn't say. You will have perfect peace if your thoughts are fixed You will have perfect peace if your thoughts are fixed on him. He doesn't say this, though. If your thoughts are fixed on CNN, Fox News, your Facebook media account, your Twitter account, whatever it is, it's not about that. 
You're going to have perfect peace if your mind is fixed on God and God alone. And that's going to change some things in you. It's going to transform some things in you. It doesn't say you're going to have perfect peace when your mind's fixed on financial problems. When your mind's fixed on the bad news from your doctor. No, you'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed and focused on the truth of God. In fact, I like the Hebrew word that's translated fixed. It's the word samak. And the word means to lean on completely. It means to fully rest oneself. Imagine like this, like this was God on a much bigger, much bigger and stronger. This is in your mind. It's leaning on him with all your mind. Many of you know that, in, maybe you know that if you sit in a chair, where are you putting your trust, right? If your feet are up on it, you're putting your trust in that chair. It's the same idea that you're putting your mind, you're fixing it on God and God alone, nothing else. So my question for you is what is your mind fixed on? Like for real, what, what is your mind fixed on? Did your mind wander to the business deal this, this morning already while you're standing here? Or this conversation you need to have after the service? You see, this space in here is one of those places in which you learn and train your mind to think about God and fix your attention on him so that you can do it in the other places and spaces of your life. Whenever you have idle time, where does your mind drift to? What consumes your mind? Some of you might say, my financial worries come to mind. Some of you may, may have had this happen at your, dinner, at your dinner table. I pray it didn't. But political division may come to your mind, right? Or COVID concerns come to your mind. Maybe your mind is consumed with what's going on in the world right now or what is not going on in the world right now. But that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that you will have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on God. And by the way, if you have one of those friends that's causing you a lot of pain in one of those places of social media, you have my blessing to hit unfollow in the, follow in the, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just unfollow, right? Be set free in Jesus' name. What do you do? You'll be kept in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on on God. Scripture says this in Paul, says this, uh, says this, Paul says in the New Testament, so powerfully in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, and many of us repeat this over and over again, but it's so rich, so good. He says, fix your thoughts, not on whatever creates fear, not on whatever gives you anxiety, not not on whatever is the bad news of the world. But fix your thoughts on what, are, what is true and honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. What do you do? You think about those things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And when your mind is fixed on God, when your mind is fixed on what is true, when your mind is fixed on what is admirable and worthy and praiseworthy, then the God of, and the God of what? The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be yours. When you're fixed on those, things that are good and right, then the peace of God is yours. What do I tell myself? My God is good. He's 
always good. There's nothing gooder than my God. My, his promises are true. His word never fails. He, who is God? When I am lost, he is my guide. When I am weak, he is my strength. When I am hurting, he is my comforter. Fix your mind on God. Ask yourself, who shall separate me from the love of God in Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? We could modernize Romans 8 and say, or relational tension or loneliness or anxiety or loss or depression or fear. No, in all these things, what are we? We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. And I am convinced with everything in my mind and completely convinced that neither life Neither death nor life nor angels or demons nor heights or depths or anything in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. When we fix our minds on him, he brings us perfect peace, that shalom, shalom promised in Isaiah 26. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 27. So powerfully, he said, peace I leave with you. Now when he says something he says something I don't want you to miss in this passage. He says, my peace I give you. He does not give as the world gives. And because, and because I give my peace, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Notice this. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. He is not giving you a piece of peace. He is giving his peace to you. And peace is found in the presence of God. There's a powerful storm in the New Testament. When the disciples were out on a boat and the big storm blew up and the storm is massive and the disciples were afraid for their lives. Remember this story maybe? And they're afraid. What's going to happen? We're probably going to die out here at sea. And what do they do? They started to freak out. They did exactly like most of us would do. Freak out. And what's Jesus doing? He's taking a nap. He's taking a nap. And what's interesting to me is there were really two storms that day. You know that, right? There's the storm that's happening that was visible to the eye, but then there's the storm that happens with inside of us. Right? It's the storm on the inside. And I don't know how it is for you, but so many times the storm on my inside is way, way harder for me to manage than the storm on the outside. I can look fine to you all day long, but the storm on the inside sometimes is consuming me with fear, anxiety, doubt, and worry. It was a storm on the inside that led the disciples to cry out, Jesus, don't you even care? We're going to die. And some of you, it's the storm on the inside. It's bringing about your doubts. God, are you there? Do you notice I prayed, I've cried out, I don't see you, you're taking a nap. And Jesus walks out kindly and maybe even stretches. Slowly, he makes his presence known in the middle of the storm and declares, peace, be still. You can't speak what you don't have. Jesus, who is peace, gives you his peace. And you can be kept in perfect peace when your mind is fixed on him. It was over six and a half years ago now that uh, they found cancer in my bladder. And last year, at this time, I was finishing up six weeks of chemotherapy. Uh, just kind of the role of it, I guess, in some ways. But um, 
this last year um, has been interesting. After they found three tumors and decided to do chemotherapy in the process, um, I went to this, I came into this last checkup a little more anxious than I had ever been. Um, just kind of roll with it. And, the, and the, the stuff on the inside was churning. Praise the Lord that the last checkup was clean, and I'm grateful for that. But I realized I was not as calm as I had been coming up to other ones. See, the storm on the inside can be raging while we look great on the outside or look better on the outside. Right? But I'm grateful for friends who pray on behalf and prayed for peace. He is our perfect peace. It's a perfect peace, the goodness of God. So if you're going through a loss, a hurt, a pain, a fear, I pray the words from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 would minister to your hearts as they have to mind too many times to count. When Paul says this, from a Roman prison cell awaiting possible execution, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Whatever it is that is weighing you down, whatever it is that is gripping your heart, don't be anxious about that. But in every situation, when there's babies being born, when, there's pers- when the person's going home, when the doctor's news is good, or when the doctor's news is bad, when the bank account's high, when the bank account's low, when your marriage is high, when your marriage is falling apart, in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, with a real praise, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, it's the peace of God. It's not the peace of the world. It's not the peace of having money. It's not the peace of having the right political party you may think in the right offices. It's it's not about having even the right diagnosis at the doctor's office. As much as we all desire that, and God desires to give it, I believe. Peace isn't the absence of heartache. It's not the absence of loss. It's not being void of disappointment. It is the presence, purely and simply, the presence of God in the midst. So whatever you're going through right now, fix your thoughts on him. Think about what is good. Think about what is pure. And your mind will be in shalom, shalom, that perfect peace he wishes to give to you. Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. In this moment and always. He is a gift just as we have come to accept in this this very season. He's a gift to us as not only a baby, but in his whole being. For he wishes to give you the peace of God. So what do we do with this? How, how, how 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 do we practice our way to perfect peace. I think there are two ways that Philippians shows us that we need to do it. One is to pray. Pray. There's no other way. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
I heard a friend who's going to come and speak in a, about a month and a half say, you know, I don't, I don't leave my devotional time until I have the peace of God, until I'm calm in his presence. Is that how you spent time with Jesus? Allow prayer to be a continuous conversation from your heart, from your lips to heaven. Rest in him. And then we want to fix our heart and mind on God. So guard your heart and mind. Some of us are doing better at this than others and we need to do this in order to grab the peace that has been promised to us through a baby you, the living king and the living prince of peace. So we need to guard our hearts and minds with this. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. I could review our memory of scripture to dwell in scripture, but this is what it's calling for, is that the reality of the text of Scripture needs to be lived into your life. And the only way that that's going to happen is by memorizing, by reviewing, by allowing it to sink deeply. And as followers of Jesus, the word guides our way to peace. Let's pray. Father, we ask for the peace from heaven in our assembly today, those who need it in some area of your life, would you just slip up your hand right now? Just slip your hand up. I need peace. Oh, there you go. Yes, yes. I need his peace. Father, I pray for my church family that we would and they would experience from you the peace that comes from you. Peace in the middle of fear. Peace in the middle of doubt. Peace in the middle of anxiety. Peace in the middle of the storm. Peace in the middle of a loss peace in the middle of sickness. God, you are good, and so we trust in you. We thank you, God. We thank you that even though Jesus said in this world we'll have trouble, we can rejoice and take heart because you have overcome the world. And this world is not all we have. We know, God, with you in heaven, one more day there'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more brokenness, no more pain, no more sickness, Truly, shalom, shalom will be ours in you. Now, God, may your peace guard our hearts and minds. May we experience your goodness now, even as we pray. As you keep praying today, the shalom of peace in, in your heart, continue to do that. There are some of you, though, right now, who, when I ask if you have peace of, the peace of God, you may say, I'm not sure, I, I might not. I want to assure you that Jesus wants to give you the peace of God through a relationship with him. And it's, it's not about coming to church. It's not about singing the right songs. It's just Jesus. Not Jesus plus religion. Jesus plus good works. Jesus plus generosity. It's Jesus plus nothing. The... The kingdom of which Jesus calls us into is, is not a religion. It's completely, it's a relationship and it, it's from a loving God who loves you. And there's someone here who needs this message because you feel far from God. 
distant from God, separated from God. You're, and you're just one prayer away, one moment away from the peace, forgiveness, love, and grace of a God who's reaching out to you that we celebrate in this season as one who came as a baby. It's simply saying, yes, I, I, I know I'm separated by sin and I'm ashamed for the things I've done. And when you call out to the name of Jesus, he'll hear your prayer. He'll forgive your sins. He'll make you brand new. There's some of you, this is a, a very reason why you're even online today. Because you, God is reaching out to you. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready to transform you. He's ready to be at peace with you because he loves you. This is your need this morning. Say, yes, I need forgiveness. I'm turning away from my sins. I'm surrendering and submitting my life to Jesus. If that's your prayer, simply pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow love and live for you this beginning of Advent. Father, I want your peace that only Jesus can get. I want to share your peace with those who need it. Lord, allow me to be the loving vessel you have declared I can be in you. I thank you for my new life in Jesus. Father, we're grateful for the peace promised and delivered in this season that we celebrate. Father, would you slow us down? Would you remind us it's your time, it's your pace, it's your cadence. Even as we turn our attention to your table, we remember that it's your pace, it's your cadence, it's your time. And we're thankful for Jesus. Amen.